we actually have to look at the wounding and our past, not so that we can sit in our wounding, but so that we can heal from it. Because every single one of us have um, been wounded by a woman in our lives. How do you unlock your full potential of influence and create lasting change? I'm your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Along with your other co-host, Scott Young, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for inspirational stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals around the globe. We want to see you get equipped and empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood to the nations. What a great joy to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast today, and we have an amazing guest, Andy Andrew is a leader, a communicator, an author. She's written books like She Is Free, Fake or Follower, and her newest book being released in October, right on the verge of it, Friendship, It's Complicated, (laughs) and it is complicated. (laughs) She is a founding pastor along with her husband, Paul. Do you really call him Paul Hot? Andrew? Yeah, that's his middle name is hot. I'm just kidding. I do. I tease in my phone. If I ever share his contact with people, yeah. they get Paul Hot Andrew. <laughs> that is so good. They are deeply in love. They are uh, dynamic parents of four incredible children. They've had a journey of faith together. They uh, pioneered in um, 2010. Mm-hmm. They moved from Australia yep. to the New York City area. I think she's in Brooklyn today. Um, In 2015, she launched uh, a movement uh, to really help women to engage, to help them be equipped, to help them encounter God and experience the kingdom of God. She is now really working on these four kids. But besides (laughs) that, she's writing books. She's creating content and programming for her television program and her podcast called Coffee with Andy. And in her spare time. And I don't think it's her spare time. She's (laughs) helping to build Liberty Church and she travels and she invests in leaders around the world. And Andy, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming to hang out with us today. Scott, thank you so much for having me. And now when I listen to what you said, all the things I do, I feel tired now. So I'm just going to go take a nap. That's what I'm No. (laughs) How do you fit all of that into your life? Oh my gosh. One, one day at a time and seasonally. So if you think about it, all those things obviously don't happen at once. Thank goodness. Otherwise I probably would be overwhelmed. And I do have a day a week where I ignore my phone shut off and totally rest. So that keeps me sane and passionate, I guess. (laughs) And you, you moved to, from Australia to New York, Mm -hmm. slight cultural change. Yes. You with your husband dreamt about this church, Liberty Church, which I love the name of, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Mm-hmm. I love that. And at a, is it true at a picnic table in Central Park, there was a conversation about doing something great for God in the greater New York City area? Yeah, that is true. We, I mean, as you can tell by my accent, if you're listening or watching, but um, I didn't grow up in Sydney, Australia. My husband did. So I just spent 10 years of my life there. And when we moved to New York, uh, we started the church truly around a picnic table with nine people. And three of those people were our small children. (laughs) So uh, we were reading the book of Acts and looking at where the church was birthed on the earth and going, God, how do we fit into this city? How do we 
um, love our neighbor. How do we create a kingdom culture right where we are? And that was 11 years ago now with nine people. And now um, we have small, beautiful communities here in the city and beyond. And it's just been quite the ride, if you will, over the last 11 years building a church here. So you meet in different locations. Tell us how that works. Yeah. So at the moment here in New York City, uh, in downtown Brooklyn, we have a location that's uh, the Brooklyn Music School. So downtown Brooklyn. And then we are in a movie theater, the Angelica Movie Theater in it's actually Broadway Lafayette Stop. And so we're in Soho there. And then we have house churches that are in the Upper West Side and Brooklyn or sorry, um, in the Heights, Washington Heights up there. And then we have communities also outside of the city, too. But in New York, that's where we're gathering on a Sunday. Yeah. Now, you're a West Coast girl, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Went to Australia. That's a cultural shift. <laughs> now in New York, how, how have you found living and just changing culture to culture? And now you're in this New York City culture. Yeah, I think that is a really great, great question. I know for me growing, growing up in Spokane, Spokane is a totally different culture. I just went back there for the first time in 18 years. And I was like, I grew up here, like realizing that was such a part of my story. And I remember when I first moved to Australia, being in that transitional period. And I remember standing in the aisles, the grocery aisle, just crying because I didn't know any, this sounds so stupid, but I was a 21 year old Mm -hmm. standing there feeling very overwhelmed, not knowing what to buy food wise. And I just felt like the Lord whispered to me, I need you to make these people, your people. And so stop comparing where you used to be to where you are now and integrate yourself into the culture. And I think for me, that was where, um, I just really found peace and solace. And so when we were, you know, we just felt the move to New York city. I remember when we came to if spy out the land, if you will. And at the time my kids were so young, they were four, three and, or no four, two and one. So I was like, how do you raise how do I raise my kids here? I have no idea. And when we landed here in Brooklyn, we came up out of the subway and I saw all these parents with strollers and kids. And I was like, okay, we're going to be able to do this. But mm-hmm. the Lord said the same thing again. Um, when we knew New York was home, he said, these people are your people. And it was like this echo from the past where he was like, integrate yourself, understand the people um, and bring the kingdom of heaven, wherever you are. So it's been difficult. Yes. Culture shock kind of wherever you go when you first land. But then as you get to fall in love with the people where you are, you also begin to fall in love with the city that you're in. So it's yes. been a journey. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> so, so interesting. My wife and I moved countries and she had mm-hmm. the same experience in the grocery store Yes, in tears mm-hmm. going, how am I going to live in this new place? Yeah. But by the grace of God, you have been an influencer and we talk to people who want to grow in their influence. You have a special, a calling, can I call it, or anointing to help women mm-hmm. in ministry. You've written this book, Friendship. It's complicated. <laughs> yep. Um, and I, I would just say as a guy, uh, women relationships are complicated. <laughs> so, so you want to, you want to, you want to address women that have, have been under uh, an attack, maybe spiritually and to help them. Mm-hmm. You want to strengthen women's relationship with each other and how they relate with their community and with uh, their faith communities. How is this book that's coming out going to help women? How do you help women currently? And how do you kind of walk out your, your calling that God has given to you? 
Yeah. I, well, it's so funny because the subtitle says a lot too. It says avoid the drama, create authentic connection and fulfill your purpose together. Right. And so I think that there's a bit of a journey that we do have to go on. And what I'll do to even share right now is chapter one is called the woman wound and chapter 10. The final chapter is called becoming spiritual midwives. So if you even look at the trajectory of the book, what it does is it starts with taking you back to be able to move forward. We actually have to look at the wounding and our past, not so that we can sit in our wounding, but so that we can heal from it because every single one of us have um, been wounded by a woman in our lives. I think often what we talk about is we'll talk about maybe the father wound or those sorts of things that we deal with. But a lot of us, I mean, if we're here on planet earth, we had a mother. So, (laughs) you know, we can go all the way back to whether she was absent, she was there, she was controlling, she was commanding, um, whatever that looked like for us, we have to go back to some of those places at the very beginning to go, how do I now function as an adult in my relationships with other women? And I Mm -hmm. found that I had gone on this cycle of codependency where I'm, my mom so beautifully lets me write about her because now I'm a mother to four realizing, Hey, they're going to have plenty of issues they're going to need to deal with because of me. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, I realized that there was some healing that I needed to walk in because I was as a young girl, my mom's emotional mother, she would communicate with me about things that I was ill-equipped to handle, but fast forward into being an adult. And I started to realize what I do is I would carry issues for other women in unhealthy ways. And then when I needed something or, um, you know what I mean, whatever it was, the relationship would begin to break down. So really this journey was born out of a need for me to go. I really believe that women are called to walk in purpose together to fulfill the great commission, but there are so many issues, so much drama um, that we need to get good at dealing with first in ourselves and then in the relationships around us. So that's kind of the journey as you get to the end and you have this desire to be a spiritual midwife, to truly birth the dreams of others, even if it's greater than your dream, according to what the world would say. So, yeah. Do you, do you think that, Oh, this is a, I don't even know if we should ask, ask the question, but do you think Go that women it. have more drama in their relationships than guys? I love this question. I love it when a guy asks this question too. I would say my husband is one of my greatest helpers when it comes to dealing with drama in my relationships with women. And I would say, yes, women do tend to, even if some women write me and DM me and be like, yeah, and yeah, are like yeah, we yeah, disagree yeah. with you. Yeah, every, sure. every single woman has probably said somewhere, sometime, I'm just friends with guys because guys are less complicated. Like we, and and it's because we're created differently. We think Mm -hmm. differently. We operate differently. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We just have to be aware. And so when there is drama that we create, when we create this way of thinking, like we're assuming what someone else thinks about us, says about us is acting towards us. We are creating drama in our own life before we're even engaged in relationship Mm -hmm. with someone else. So my, like I said, my husband has been phenomenal and I'll bounce things off of him and he'll stop me from that crazy cycle or the dramatic cycle in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But but yeah, I, even though some women listening may disagree, I I do think that there tends to be more drama because I found when my husband goes through something in a friendship or a relationship, then maybe that friendship isn't safe or something that he's going to move forward in mission or on mission with that friend anymore. It's not like a majorly dramatic ending. It may even hurt for a second, but then he's like, all right, like kind of shakes himself off and then moves on. I'm like, I want to be more like that. (laughs) So so you've got this gift in Paul that you can bounce drama off of. What, What do we say to someone that's listening and they don't have a Paul? Oh, I know. 
there. Well, I'm, I didn't always have a Paul either, but I do think even some of my closest friends, actually my two closest friends Mm -hmm. are, are single women. And I think that's why there is such a need for us to uncomplicate our own lives, to walk in wholeness and healing so that we can have healthy relationships with other women. Um, I would say my two closest friends that are single, um, one is my age, one is 28, Mm -hmm. um, that they are my sounding boards, even Mm -hmm. when there's complications in other areas of my life. So that's why it is imperative that we walk in healing and wholeness in ourselves so that we can genuinely create friendship with other women. That's so good. Now you were going to hold a conference. I think it was this fall with Irene Mm -hmm. Rollins and did it get canceled because of the health condition, right? Like what happened and maybe what's going to come down the pipeline? What are you planning for the future? I love this. So for two years, we have been pushing a boulder up a hill since Mm -hmm. COVID and all the things to gather together here in New York. So um, at the end of last year, we just went, oh my gosh, New York is opening up. We're going to be able to gather. Let's do it. So we were so excited. And then the restrictions came again. So we're back in a place here in New York where, um, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, I, that is between you and the Lord. Um, But for us, um, the environment wasn't going to be conducive because they were going to, we were going to have to be spread out again and all of the different things that were going to need to be done. And really our hope and the thing that we love to do as we gather for She is Free is to lay hands on people, really pray for them. So we went, you know what, we're going to need to pause again and wait till we have an environment where we can really do what we believe God is asking us to do. But in the meantime, um, the second part of your question is that it's almost like God had to pry this out of our hands. I'll speak for myself, my hands in the way that we used to do. She is free so that he can rebirth it the way he wants to right now. Um, Irene and I are planning to do small retreats. Um, mm-hmm. in different cities around um, the the United States so that we can gather in groups of like 20 uh, women in big Airbnbs and come together and walk in wholeness mm-hmm. together. Uh, we're working on curriculum. We are also working on doing one day events where we partner with other churches where we're able to gather and bring, bring wholeness to you, bring walking body, soul, and spirit in wholeness in Christ to you. So that's our hope is that it's not just going to be New York city based, but it will, Mm -hmm. it will start to spread out and go into different spaces and places across the earth. So that's what we're working on right now. So Andy, you you talked about the importance of just being close to somebody, not just being on a stage, not far away, not just speaking into a microphone, but being up close, praying close Mm -hmm. enough to touch somebody. Have you seen healings and transformation come out of that kind of prayer? And why is it so important to you? Yeah, I, well, it's very important. I think, I mean, a lot of times you're never going to remember the message somebody preached. And I hate to say that as a communicator, and maybe you'll remember moments um, or one line or something that was pivotal for you. But I think a lot of times what we remember is that moment God speaks to us where a friend or someone that is a minister or comes and lays hands on us and we're delivered or set free or healed. And I would say as she is free over the last five years that we have been able to gather in person, the testimonies have been wild. Um, People that were infertile, get pregnant with twins, people, people that literally have physical ailments being being physically healed on the spot, people that have had depression for years that are set free from that depression. And I think for us, that's what I'm saying is 
it's an environment that we, we love to create a space that we love to create. And we have just seen Jesus move. And I do think it's important. We put such a, a high price tag. Um, I don't know what price tag is not the right word, high value on the platform. Yeah. And we forget what it is to look eye to eye, face to face with someone and just be in discipleship with someone do life with somebody. Some of the greatest moments have happened here on this couch in my house with my own children, uh, with our roommate, uh, where we just take a moment and we pray together. And so, yes, I think, uh, that intimacy, that space is the greatest place where I believe God loves to move. Wow. Hey, hey, let me give you uh, just a name to pray over. I have a daughter named Holly and her beloved husband, Tommy, mm-hmm. and they really want to have a baby. So when you said that, I just, you know, we're just asking people of faith to just, and even anybody's listening, just say a prayer. We're praying that we'll hold one of their babies once. And uh, just when you said those words, I just said, man, I'm going to ask Andy just to keep my kids. I'm writing their names. Holly, Holly and, and Tommy, and they are just incredible people. And uh, just thanks. Thanks for your desire to, I guess, see freedom. Freedom must be important to you because Mm -hmm. she is free. Mm -hmm. Liberty Church, the church you're a part (laughs) of and the church that you and your husband founded. What is it that people really need to be set free from? I think for me, I have noticed in our Western culture, it's religion. And I, Mm. I think for me, I don't know how many people are truly experiencing the radical reality of Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. And that is what breaks my heart is even over these last couple of years, pastoring a church here in the city, watching as this shaking has taken place really to the church in our lives and every single person we've all walked through something. It's been interesting to see the foundation that people are standing on and half the time it's not Christ. And so for me, it's, it's like the parable of the sand on the shore, it's washing away. And so my heart breaks when I watch people who are ailed with things or walking through things or going through cycles. And I'm like, man, if, if there was a way where you could partner, yes, all the things you're doing, whether that is therapy and prayer and all of these things, but the living embodiment of Jesus Christ in your life, it changes everything. And the reason why I get so excited about it is because it's what's happened for me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When you say it's happened for you, what's your story? What's well, my, happened? Yeah, my story is I come from a background of I was abused as a young girl, grew up oh. in a very controlling church, which my parents allowed me to say this to, which would have been considered a cult, truly. Wow. What we walked through, I haven't written about it because it is very intimate, but that wow. whole mindset within yep. the church, then getting saved at a young age and having a lot of issues, um, depression and mm. suicide and like all of these different, and the abuse that came and not knowing my worth. I have just watched as literally over the last 20 plus years that I've been following Jesus, how year after year, there's another layer of healing, another layer of fullness that, that he just brings to me. So I sit here today as a mother of four children who, you know, the, even my first book, she is free. That came out of like a breakdown that I had where I was like, I'm not a great mother. I don't know how these Mm -hmm. kids are going to do when they grow up, but God has really grown me throughout the years. And, um, so it's a long story, but the testimony has been beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody's listening today. That is a mother, maybe a dad (laughs) and depression. Mm-hmm. great sadness, that whispering um, tongue of the enemy of our soul is telling them you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. And you've, you've walked this pattern and you're still walking this mm-hmm. pathway. What would you say to someone that's listening now that says, I just need hope? Hmm. I would say to that person, 
please don't give up because there are many a times where I wanted to, but just believe. And here, here's what I would say is if you're in that desperate place where you're like, I don't know what to do, pray the prayer that God will send you the right people to walk alongside you. Cause I always find that usually they have a door to open a place to go, the right word to say that brings Jesus right into the middle of it all. I know people would love to connect with your, your message, the communication. You have a, a podcast, you have a, a television show called Coffee with Andy. And uh, just tell us what's on your heart when you go in to do those um, programs. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want people to feel as they listen to what is coming out of you? I think for me, what I realized, it's the most fulfilling thing to hear somebody else's story because you realize you're not alone and you realize that, you know, the, this, uh, the test, our testimonies are the spirit of prophecy. So -hmm. therefore when we testify to what Christ has done, we prophesy over somebody else's life, what he can do. And I know that there are people that listen and watch that need that prophetic word over their life to hear the testimony of somebody else. So that is my hope when they hear the show or watch the show um, or read my book or any of those things is that they will feel like the Lord himself is prophesying over them, their lives, that this can happen for you too. So that's my hope. <laughs> wow. And you carry a calling literally to see that happen in people's lives. And um, thank you. Thank you for carrying that. Thank you for taking the time to communicate it in any way you can. It's not on a stage. If it's not through a conference, you're going to be together with small groups. You're going to, you're going to really fulfill the calling that God has put on your life. Mm-hmm. And that is just, it's just super impressive. We really thank you for that. Now, people, if people want to connect with you to find out like how to connect with Andy, yeah. um, how, how do we do that? How do people that are watching now? Yeah. So the best way to do that would be kind of everything is my social handles are Andy Andrew and you spell my name (laughs) A-N-D-I and then Andrew, no S on the end. So like, you know, otherwise they're going to get, otherwise they're going to get a male author. Author. Yeah. Yes. Many people would be like, I was so confused when I looked you up. I'm like, I know. Don't worry. He's great. (laughs) So so get it. Say it again. A-I-N-D-I. Andrew without an S. Yeah. A-N-D-I Andrew without an S. And that's also it's andyandrew.com. And on my website, everything's there. So from the book to the podcast, the church, everything. Yeah. All you have to do is remember Andy with an (laughs) I and Andrew's without an S S, and you'll be able to connect. Totally. just, Just maybe, you know, someone that needs greater freedom. Maybe, you know, someone that is battling with depression And this is a great resource that you've just come across today, not by accident, we believe by divine design. And um, there's other people that are listening, Andy, and and they have walked towards greater healing like you have. And they're just wondering how they can like get their story out, how they can become an influencer like you have become an influencer. What would you say to people that maybe have a book in them, maybe have a, a story that needs to get out? What would you say, hey, if, if they were in on your couch, if they were talking with you, mm-hmm. how do I get this stuff out of me? Yeah, I would. there's a couple of things I would say. The first one is this, is 
you got to do the work. And when I say do the work, I mean, in your own heart and life, you've got to keep yourself in a place where you're not just trying to write content or create content to get yourself out there and become an influencer. You actually have to be a person before God and do the work of your healing and wholeness and do that journey. Second thing is I had someone ask me last week, how did you write a book? Like, how did that even start? And, um, I had a person who had been in the publishing industry for my life, in my life for, um, a while. And they'd been in the industry for quite a while. And I said, what, what do you think is the first step to walking towards writing a book? I know I've got books in me. I don't think it's the right timing now, but I want to prepare. And again, I think that's important preparation for the journey, prepare right now for the future. Um, and, and she just said to me, well, you need to find your voice. And so start a blog, even if nobody follows it, Mm. even if you only send it to a couple of friends to critique and give you feedback on, because you're going to need to find your voice. Cause then the moment you start to write a book, like if you go the traditional publishing route, you have to write a book proposal and the book proposal was harder than writing the book itself. Mm. Uh, so it's cause you really need to know what you have to say. So that's why it's important to find your voice. And the, I guess overall, the umbrella over all of that is like, yes, do the soul work, do the spiritual work, become a person who knows how to be before God, not do before God. Um, begin to, if it's about writing, begin to like dabble in those things. So you can find your voice. And then I guess overall, I would just say, just trust God. I was talking to another author actually over lunch. And we were talking about what you think writing a book looks like, and then what it actually is like, and how in your mind, you're like, this one's going to be the bestseller. And you think it's going to be on the New York times bestseller list. And you know what, there's the sovereignty of God and the trust in God that these books that we write and these things that we do actually go to the right people that need to hear, read, and listen. So do we really trust him? Are we doing this to become known? Or are we doing this because we want to make Christ known? And we have to just keep um, our our roots down in the right places. <laughs> and, and so, if people want to get things you have published or this mm-hmm. new book that's coming out, friendship. It's complicated. Avoid the drama, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> you love. You, I do love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people want to connect with the stuff you have written or this new book that's coming out, do they just go to andyandrew.com mm-hmm. and then is that the way to do it? Yeah, they can totally go there. And all my books are kind of anywhere books are sold. So uh, you can go on good old Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever, and go ahead and leave a review. If you liked it, if you don't like it, you don't have to leave a review though. (laughs) Hey, go ahead. That's great advice and help our friend out. She's come to us. She's given us her heart, help her out, give her a good review. And Andy, I want to say thank you so much for just being with us today. God bless you and Paul, your four kids there in New York city. Um, just keep bringing liberty to people and keep helping people come to freedom as you yourself are continuing to walk to greater freedom in your life. I just say, God bless you. Thank you so much, Scott. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can also follow us at the influencers podcast official on all social media channels to stay up to date to hear more inspiring content and to unlock your full potential as an influencer remember folks use your influence to move people closer to jesus and his mission